the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Bullington Capital Report, hosted by Bill Bullington. For the next hour, you'll receive information on current market conditions and trends that could affect your financial future. If you have a question, you can participate in today's program by calling 216-901-0945. That's 216-901-0WHK. You can also reach Bill by going to his website, BullingtonCapital.com. And now, here's Bill Bullington. Well, welcome back. Interesting out there. It's always, uh, something's always going on. Something's always changing. Yeah. And talking to an awful lot of people this week, you know, that are finally beginning to realize um, that interest rates are too low <laughs> and may stay that way. I mean, that that's that's the big thing. What do you do? And uh, just there are so many issues related to that, and a lot of people are waiting, hoping, you know, against hope. I I I believe that interest rates are going to go up. Not on loans. They want the loan interest rates to stay low, but they want the CD rates to go higher. And they don't understand that if interest rates go higher, the loan rates are going higher. That'll slow down housing. But uh, So it's quite a uh, quandary that we find ourselves in. Very difficult to be able to live off of 1.5%, which according to my research over the past uh, few hours, are the highest rates that you can get across the country in CDs. Um, treasuries are paying significantly less than that. And here, I'll actually, I'll pull up the treasuries. So a 30-year treasury bond closed, the yield yesterday was 1.23. 1.23. got to wait 30 years, by the way, to be guaranteed that you get your principal back. 10-year note, 0.568. You know, I really did not think I would ever see this. I really had never imagined in my wildest dreams when I was young. Because you got to remember, when I was going to co- when I started into college, you could get an eighteen percent interest rate in a money market. Okay, buying government securities, eighteen <laughs> percent, and uh, that was kind of at the peak, you know? and it started coming down. So all through my college and the first few years that I was in this industry, interest rates were substantially higher than they are today. I mean, by a mile. And would have never thought that they would get this low. So when I when I see the data, and I see some highly respectable publications putting these hypothetical portfolios out using data from 20 years ago, that are, they're going back 20 years, and saying, this is what you, you should be able to expect to get. No. That just proves to me that you're a journalist. You're not an, uh, never really studied economics. Now, maybe you have, but if you have, why would you 
why would you put that in the, the article? You're, you're building up false expectations. It's false expectations because when you look at the average rate of return on bonds over that time period, was substantially higher than they are now. When I first went out on my own to form Bullington Capital, I was able to get better than 10% a year just in interest okay, on high-yield bonds and real estate investment trusts. Those things are a fraction of what that uh, what they were back then. And the volatility is about the same as the stock market. The volatility back then, the fluctuation, was about the same as the stock market back when I was buying them then. And the stock market's long-term average return was right around 10%. That's why I owned the bonds. Because you're getting 10% in income. So you were matching the return with a fairly, actually the risk was slightly lower, slightly, in real estate investment trusts and junk uh, junk bonds. That's what they call them. High-yield securities. The, the, the street slang for that is junk bonds. So anyway, um, different day. I mean, it's wild. You could get five or six percent CDs, and if 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 interest rates were to ever go to five or six percent, let let's take a look at why the likelihood of that happening is not super high. And I I feel bad. I feel like I'm always the bearer of bad news, but actually, there's some good news to this whole thing, and uh, we're going to get to that next. But right now, uh, the public debt is twenty. A little over $20 trillion, about $20.6 trillion according to the Treasury website. When you hear about the total debt being $26.5 trillion, that's, that's true. But a lot of that is owed to other departmental agencies, most of it to the Social Security Fund. So they've been borrowing out of the Social Security Fund to pay for other stuff. That sounds lovely, doesn't it? <laughs> But the uh, it's not. I'm telling you, it's not that big of a deal. It it's really not. Those are big numbers, absolutely. But so is the economy. The economy is huge, and it would actually have to go up a little bit to be able to match the debt. If you measure the debt against the total economic output, the debt would actually have to go up. It would have to increase a little to match the level that it was in 1945. Think about that for a second. These are very similar to ratios that we held back in the 1940s. So is it time to panic? No. I mean, think about it. How well did this country do from 1945 to now? How much easier are our lives? You know, people that are in the lower income categories lead lifestyles that rich people couldn't afford back in those days. And think about that for a second. That's amazing. That's absolutely amazing to me. But I get it. You know, there's this thing called inflation. <laughs> and uh, there's been wage inflation. The average worker makes more uh, per hour than they did back then. That fluctuates every year, by the way. But I'm just looking at this stuff and going, wow. It, it's really not as bad as it seems. Is it challenging? Yes, it is. Super challenging. A 1.5% you know, CD rate being amongst the highest in the country. Wow. You know, you used to be able to take a, when I first started, the CD rates were actually 10%. Now, I remember when they went down 
to 8%. You would have thought that you know, people were uh, you know, having heart attacks. And, oh, my God, it's going down to 8%. And uh, I just think about that today. It just seems kind of silly. But anyway, that's one of the reasons that, you know, it, it's going to be more challenging to, A, accumulate enough assets to retire, B, to make your money last as long as you do, because the returns are, are definitely lower. Look, over the past five years, okay, that's a fairly recent time period, the only category that's done as well as its long-term average has been the large cap growth. Every other category has done worse than its long-term average. And not by a little. Some of them are by a lot. So that's a little challenging, very challenging. And um, But that's you know what we've got to deal with, and there are solutions. We're going to talk about some of those solutions. By the way, if you'd like to call in 216-901-0945, 216-901-0945, and, or if you hear something here that you'd like more information on, feel free to go to my website, reach out. I'll, I'll try to get back to you as quickly as humanly possible. And, uh, and I'm here to tell you, there is a silver lining to all this stuff. So you got to stay tuned to find out about it. And I'm going to take a phone call right now. I've got John. John, you're on the Bullington Capital Report. Yeah. Hi, Bill. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Uh, sure. I called last week, and I, you mentioned about the CDs, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, the Fidelity Brokerage. And then I heard you today, you know, the rates, one and a half right. percent net. Anyway. So I went on the thing, and, you know, they have new issues. And then they got secondary CDs. Yes. And you can go. Anyway, I looked, and I went, like, from a year from. Uh, John, if you could call us back, your your phone call, you must have been on a cell phone. Uh, the phone got dropped. The call got dropped. So I'd really like to hear what you have to say, by the way. <laughs> Leave me hanging. <laughs> yeah, I'm used to that, man. You ever drive up? What is it with Bath, Bath, Ohio, and Brexville? They they refuse to let cell phone towers go. That's what it is. You guys got to talk to your trustees there or your councilman because I am so tired of my calls getting dropped every time I drive through there. And I know in uh, Bath, I used to read about it in a local paper. I don't get that paper anymore. But the uh, uh, they don't want cell phone towers there. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> so basically, you're driving through these areas, and there's no coverage from anybody. I've had all the major carriers over my uh, last 20 years. And, uh, you know, I can't tell a big difference between the carriers, but I can tell you what. You drive through certain areas around the... Uh, Cuyahoga and Summit County and the calls get dropped. So anyway, <laughs> sorry to vent over that, but <laughs> it's very frustrating. Anyway, so we're talking about uh, CD rates. You can go to uh, Fidelity. And, and, you know, I had this, I'm glad he brought that up because I had a, a conference call and Fidelity really bends over backwards to service. They're a, a, they're a very good firm. That's one of the reasons I use them as a, as a custodian. Uh, they're actually the major custodian that I use now. I use others, but um, they're the major ones. Really depends on what somebody wants to do. So anyway, they put me in touch with head of research for the fixed income department. I'm like, what? The uh, you know, there's and there were only four of us on the call, and the other th- the 
I was the only one that didn't work at Fidelity. <laughs> but uh, so I was very pleased. And he told me the same things was about reiterating the stuff that we've been talking about here. You know, these guys get, you know, they get audiences at the presentations done by the federal government, by the, I'm sorry, by the federal reserve. And uh, incidentally, the federal reserve has to release information to the general public all at the same time. They can't give them a wink and a nod and an edge and all that. Um, But they do get audiences, especially since you're representing one of the bigger financial firms in the entire world. So anyway, his comment, when I asked him, okay, what was your, what was the feeling that you got from the last meeting that the Fed had? And he said, well, um, the Fed's statement was interest rates are probably going to remain low for the foreseeable future. And then he paused and I'm going, okay, that's my clue. (laughs) That's my hit. Yeah, yeah, same thing we've been talking about. Interest rates are pretty low. I mean, think about this. So if you had $20 trillion in debt and you were able to choose your own interest rate, what would you choose? What would you do? Probably not offer to pay four or five times more than you're paying right now, right? I mean, why would you do that? The uh, I know, out of the kindness of your heart. <laughs> But the, uh, yeah, unfortunately, if it were me, I probably would do that. But the, uh, I don't have control over that. I just have to deal with it. And, you know, having a low interest rate like that, probably going to be with us for a while. So my point is when you're looking at these illustrations from the past, you, you need to factor that in. Bonds are not paying anywhere close to what they were paying 10 years ago, 15 years ago. When you look at a projection that goes back 20, 30, 40 years, those rates, the, the, the chances of that being repeated in the bond markets particularly, they're very slim. Now, you know, I know hope springs eternal and the Browns may go to the Super Bowl next year, but I, I wouldn't stake my life on that. <laughs> and when you hang around in fixed income at those rates, there, there's only one reason to have fixed income in your portfolio right now. Okay, It's so that your entire portfolio doesn't fluctuate like the stock market does. That's why you have bonds. It's a stabilizer. It's at, and, and by the way, bonds still fluctuate. They just don't drop 30 or 40% or 50% typically. Well, at least they haven't, knock on wood. <laughs> but they typically don't drop like that like stocks do. So it kind of, it's a buffer for your portfolio to try to give you some peace of mind. And I'm going to tell you that the most popular mix has been a 60, 40 or 65, 35, right in that range, 65 stock, 35 bonds. I think if you're going to make more than three or 4% as an average annual return in an interest rate environment where you're getting one half, one and one half percent. And that's if you get the highest rate, the averages are right around one. You got 30 or 40% of your money, 35 or 45% of your money that's earning 1% and you're paying a management fee, your return is zero. Your return is zero. So you're talking about returns that just because the the bonds are so low that your returns are going to be 30 or 40% less than what they have been over the past 30 to 40 years. So what can you do about that? Well, there are a couple things. That's one of the reasons I've been talking about 
the Nationwide product, and, and Nationwide's not the only company. There are other companies. There's a coalition there. But it's why I've been talking about that, because it offers a viable alternative to people who are looking for an alternative to a 1.5% five-year CD. Okay. It's an alternative. It's not a CD. It doesn't Actually, it doesn't even work the same way. So when you're putting it in there, uh, if you're going to have that, and, and I already invested it, I sent them money. So if you're going to put money into it, you've got to understand it. And I'm very particular about that. I won't let somebody go forward into an investment unless I feel like you've got to convince me that you understand it. <laughs> Think about that for a second. Because I don't want those calls coming saying, hey, I didn't, I didn't know that, that this was the way that this worked. And typically what you're doing is you're buying an income stream, which essentially, isn't that what we're doing with all of our investments? Aren't we saving up our money so that one day we can stop contributing to it and turn and start taking income from it? Now, mostly what we're trying to do. Okay. So from that standpoint, I think it makes, it makes perfect sense, but not for everybody. If you're below the age of 50, if you're actually below the age of 55, okay, then I'm not sure this makes sense for you. And I'm going to tell you that. So people ask me all the time, well, what's the difference between you and uh, all the others out there? Well, first of all, I work really hard. <laughs> Some people do. I get it. And I guess I'm going to have to continue this thought after we come back from these commercial messages because I hear the music. You're listening to Bill Bullington right here on 1420. Stay tuned because I'll be right back. Story. I've seen a movie. I give to charity and tie my temple sins. These I remember, but I so easily forget. And we're back. Hey, you're listening to Bill Bullington here every Saturday morning from 11 to noon. Feel free to check out my website, BullingtonCapital.com. If you'd like to sign up for our newsletter, you can do it there. Uh, feel free to call me if you've got a question that you can't get to me on the radio for the uh and I've got a colleague coming in right now, and it looks like uh, I'm talking to another Bill. Hey, Bill, are you there? It's Joe. Pardon me? No, this is a Joe. Oh, okay. Oh, a Joe. The, uh, all right. Sorry about that. that was, it's uh, okay. It happens to us all the time, <laughs> especially me. I got to ask people all the time because I think they slur their words, you know? <laughs> I hear you. I can't tell you how many people call me Burlington, Burlingham. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it happens all the time. But. I got a couple of things, Bill, about sure. your comments of what you've been saying today. Okay. You're talking about these cell towers. Right. You're absolutely right. There's If you go down State Road Hill over here in Parma. Oh, yeah. <laughs> State yeah. Road Hill or, or Broadview. I think right. more it's Broadview Road Hill because I'm. I'm right around the corner from right. that. I live over here in Seven Hills, and okay. I'm on Broadview Road Hill all the time, right. uh, going uh, between uh, Pleasant Valley and Brook Park Road or Snow Road. Uh, going down that hill, I lose my cell calls almost 90% of the time, unfortunately. Right. Yep. 
I hear and you. same thing in my own house. I yeah. mean, I'm a mile from a tower at I-77 in Pleasant Valley, and uh, I can't even use my own Verizon, oops, if I can use a name, <laughs> use my own uh, cell phone in my own house. I, I, I always tell people, I laugh, you know, there's, right. I don't know if there was a commercial years ago or what. But in order for me to use my Verizon phone inside of my house, I have to go up to the second floor of my split-level house, hang out the southwest window of my bedroom in order to be able to use it. You know? Wow. That's funny. That is ridiculous. <laughs> oh, man. I'm exaggerating a little bit. But in fact, that's it. I have to sit in my driveway out in front of my house to wow. even try to get one signal strength little bar, you know, on right. it. Yep. It's terrible. Yeah. The other thing I have to compliment you too, Bill, about uh, you're, you're, you're talking about Fidelity Family of Funds. Right. That Fidelity company, I have to agree with you 110%. I tell all these other families, uh, uh, Matthews, uh, T. Rowe Price, right. uh, BlackRock, all these others, they all have normal business hours, 9 to 5 or sometimes 9 to 8. Mm-hmm. But they don't work 24 hours a day like Fidelity does. Right. If I'm up at midnight, if I'm up at 2, 3 o'clock in the morning and I want to check on uh, my Fidelity uh, investments with them, right. somebody is always there to answer the phone for me. I can't believe it. Yeah. I tell all these fun fa- other fan families, well, you know, you guys, I got. I, whenever I want to check on you, I got to make sure I get there between 8 and 5 to get my answers from you. Fidelity, I can let go till midnight and call them up. And somebody's always there. They always have an answer for me, at least as far as what my investments are with them, the funds that, that we have in our right, right. our yeah. family. They are terrific. Yep. Yeah, I, I agree. The uh, there's the, the only reason I use uh, other custodians uh, is because some people have preference for it. And um, there's one thing that I can't do at Fidelity that some people want. So I have to use another custodian for that. And, um, but it, it's getting less and less popular, which is, I think is a good thing. Uh, the, uh, it's, it's actually being able to do a super customization of a, of a portfolio and everybody wants, I want to be different. No, you don't. The, uh, actually you want to be in the, in the right programs. Uh, I, I wouldn't want to be in just a, uh, uh, cookie cutter, but by the same token, um, to do individual stocks today, you, you don't have time. You know, nobody right. has time. They they move too fast for that. And I, I still do individual stocks, and I can tell you, I I can barely keep up with it. And and I do. This is all I do. <laughs> I live literally five minutes from my office. That was by design, so that I could spend more time working, and then would have the time to be able to do this too. So it's a, uh, I don't know how anybody with a normal life would do what I do. <laughs> I just have no idea. The, uh, so, yeah, but I do, I, I, I really like Fidelity a lot. And uh, they've been very helpful that uh, talking with the the guys, I was amazed that the internal guy that I work with there uh, set that meeting up. It was great. It was a phone meeting. And they've done that for me over the years. So, uh, yeah, I, I really think they're a good firm. Absolutely. And if you want to find out where, you know, true interest rates are, like I said, you can, you can just log on, go to their website, go to their investment products, look up the fixed income, and you can see uh, that's exactly what I'm talking about. I'm, I just pulled up five-year 
brokered CDs, and uh, I didn't want to pay a premium on any of them. So the you can pay more. You can pay more than a thousand dollars for a CD if the interest rate is higher. Then they do this yield to maturity calculation. It's all pretty complicated. So I tried to. I just eliminated that <laughs> that part of it. And the CDs without a premium right now are they're like seven tenths of a percent. And those are the better ones. <laughs> so I'm, that this is what I'm uh, kind of talking about. I, I've been talking about there's a, a you know there's a product out there, and it's not suitable for everybody. You know, if you're in your 40s or you're in your mid 30s or you're in your uh, early 50s, that nationwide thing I've been talking about is probably not the the best idea for you. Yeah, but if you're within 10 years of retirement and you're looking at a 0.7 percent CD, maybe you ought to be looking at that. You know, because it, it's a viable option, and uh, and I get it. I've had a lot of people look at it, and go, "Yeah, I, I just I don't want to do it," and uh, no problem. That's not my job. My job is not to convince you to do what I think is best for you. My job is to lay out all your options, explain them the best of my ability, let you pick which ones, and then I take over and I'll manage that going forward. But I'm not. I'm not supposed to be sitting there trying to tell people to do something against their will. That's not how my business works. And uh, other businesses where the guys are just salesmen, you know, that's how that works. Their job is to sell their product. My job is to try to hook you up with the right product for you. And I'm going to have to, I have to service that on an ongoing basis. So uh, it, it really helps when I try to get people in the products that I feel like are the best for them. They don't, and they don't have to agree and they don't, they don't have to listen to the advice. You know, most people don't. <laughs> Quite frankly, they, uh, they listen to what they should do and then they do what they want. <laughs> and that's fine. You know, as long as, uh, as it's reasonable. And, uh, so anyway, sorry. Yeah. To- and Bill, I think you're absolutely right about those interest rates. Uh, a couple of our local banks here in town, if you look at what they're paying, it's point oh one or point oh three percent. You yeah, know, if right. people actually look on their statements. It's amazing. You know, and, and what's more amazing to me is how these credit card companies right. can still charge people with their credit cards fifteen, eighteen, over twenty percent interest. Yeah, yeah. You... On 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 their credit card balances. Yep. If you've got. How do, how the heck did they get away with doing that when money has been so cheap for what the past 10 15 years well you know what that all comes down to their own underwriting because when they lend people money who can't afford to pay it back and hoping that they collect a portion of what they lend them they have to keep the rates high on everybody to make up for those people who can't pay back so it's really a lot like insurance and uh, it's very similar. I mean, they're they're tracking the their own personal experience. Hey, we've lent these people with this credit score at this age and with this le- amount of income, this amount of money. How many of them are going to be able to pay it back? How many aren't? How much interest do we have to pay to cover for all that? And that's how it works. So, well, I guess I guess that's why Third Federal here in town, our local bank that has really grown over the years. And, and has expanded into Florida because so many of us snowbirds go down to Florida. Sure. I'm just starting lucky enough. My daughter moved down there recently because she didn't like the snow. So now we have a place to go during the winter. Nice. 
you know? <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. But uh, Third Federal, hey, you cannot get a home mortgage if, if you do not have a 700 credit score. Right. Up up until right. about 2000, they would work with you a little bit, you know, if right. you, my own personal experience with them. Right. Uh, if you had some another CD someplace else, or if you had another piece of property, you could pledge towards uh, right. towards your new mortgage. <clears throat> They'd work with you. Right. But uh, nowadays, if uh, it is a cookie cutter, yeah. if you don't have a 700 credit score, they put your information into the computer. They hit the button. Whatever the button spits out, whatever the the little black box spits right. out. Yep. Hey, if you don't fit in it. Sorry, you, and they still hold to that true today. They will not loan anybody right uh, without a seven hundred credit score. Right. You're right, and it's all, you know. There's nothing wrong with that. There's that's actually how they choose to do their business, and I think it's a good, uh, it's a very good method. I'm I'm always impressed by insurance companies who do the same things, they which is exactly what they do. You know, how many of these guys it in this particular profile end up filing claims and what are the average dollars amount so that they can price their policies so that they can stay in business and, and earn a profit uh, for all the shareholders who, by the way, if you've got, if you don't have money in mutual funds, the uh, then you probably aren't going to make much at all. And you are a shareholder. So I hear that, you know, people talking about all oh, the shareholders, they're evil. No, actually we're all shareholders. We all have money <laughs> In 401ks, in re- in retirement plans that are invested in stocks, whether or not you even know it, if you have a pension, STRS, PERS, you're invested in stocks. You know, you just don't, you just don't know it because they're not showing you. Uh, you have to go and inquire about how that money is invested instead of just looking at the statements showing what your income is going to be. Exactly, exactly. If you have all your money saved in the bank, well. Unfortunately, it, it's a little more. Uh, That'd be rough. Yeah. You in this day and age, exactly right. right. Exactly right. Yeah. Well, Bill, I really enjoy your show every week. Uh, one other thing that I discovered too is uh, a couple years ago, for the first time, uh, is that this Morningstar has a has a site, has their website, yep. and they just, if I might be able to get, let all your listeners know if they'd like to look into it. They have a website that you can put in, uh, and you can create these uh, these these charts, these funds of all of your investments. You put it in, and this is free. They have a they have a, another premium. Uh, what do I want to say? A premium. Uh, yeah, account. I use I use Morningstar Office uh, Advisor. It's a ten thousand dollars a year. Actually, it's about twelve thousand now. And uh, so I'm really familiar with them, and I, I think they do a great job on a whole lot of stuff. And that's one of the sources I use for uh, this show, actually. <laughs> one of the things that I just discovered looking to, because I've only been using it for two years, uh, and I just discovered earlier this year, one of the categories that you can track on your chart for your funds mm-hmm. uh, is something that tells you what the performance has been for the past Year to date, one year, twelve months, three year, five year, ten year. Right. I look on there, you know, I look at their and I'm starting to think that their actual stars that they use, you know, right. their star mm-hmm. ratings, 
to me sometimes doesn't have any doesn't have an effect. It doesn't. It, it really doesn't. And they've talked about that, you know, in the past, and they haven't promoted it nearly as much as they used to. Oh. Yeah, so it, they're honest. I mean, there's like, hey, well, you know, we thought the four and five star rating would really help, and it hasn't. <laughs> so, so yeah, think, you got to uh, take yeah, that I with a. I used to base my my thoughts, my uh, my uh, feelings about a particular fund, right? If it was good or bad on that star. I rating. know a lot of people did, and um, but I, you know, like I said, they were very honest about it. They came out and said, you know, it hasn't really helped much. Uh, and because when you only look at performance, and if that is the only thing you know, you're probably not going to do that well in the long run. In the short run, you might get lucky, but in the long run, you're going to actually have to know a little bit more than the past performance if you want to continue to do well. And, right. and that's the uh, that's the problem with that whole thing. But I, hey, Bill, I got to run. I got to call. Well, it. Thank you so much for your show. I'll talk to you again, and I look forward to seeing you in person one of these days. Okay. Thank you. Have a good Take day. Bye. Bye. And Matthew, sorry for the uh, wait there. Um, oh, right. that's all right. <clears throat> hey, Bill, um, I, I kind of want to ask you your opinion uh, on an individual stock and your opinion on sure. that. And then another thing. Um, well, first of all, so Fastly, and I had I had picked it up in the middle of the whole, you know, uh, co- you know COVID thing. Um, it was kind of high flying there for a little bit. And then obviously this whole thing with TikTok and Microsoft, sure. um, you know, kind of like, Doing a little bit of research on uh, Jim Cramer's COVID portfolio, and but I was kind of asking you what you know they they beat earnings and all that, but obviously it got hammered. I I dumped it out of my trading account and my my Roths, but just kind of wanted to know your what you feel the long term prospect of a company like that is. Okay, that, I'm glad you you said long term. Okay, uh, the uh, and by the way, uh, the lookout for the bull website that Mike Seager runs. Uh, he does. He posts the uh, stocks that are moving up real fast, really quickly. You can read all about it. It's called Look Out for the Bull. That's been coming yep. up pretty, uh, pretty regularly. And I've watched right. this thing and just fly. And here's the thing about a stock like that: if you're going to invest in, it's not a good long-term investment. The market cap that's that's the value of the stock. Okay, if you added the number of shares together and then multiplied it by the share price. That's basically what it's selling for. The entire company's stock is selling for today. That right. number is a little over $8 billion. Hey, I hear the music. Can you hang on there for a second, Matt? Yep. Okay, yeah. thanks. I'll be right back. You're listening to Bill Bullington. I'll be back in just a couple minutes right after these commercial messages. And we're back. Hey, Matt, you still there? Yep. Okay. So I yes, looked I'm up. Here. Uh, pardon me. Oh, I'm still here. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> no problem. I uh, so I looked up fastly, and so the market value of all the stock, if you multiply the shares by the share price, that's what we call market capitalization. It's the total value of all their stock. And in other words, if you paid its current price and bought every single share, that's how much you would pay for it. It's okay. It's eight point two billion dollars. Okay. Eight point. 
their revenue over the past 12 months was 246 million. Okay. So if you take the revenue or the the price that you're paying for the company and divide it by their sales, it's currently selling at 30 times their annual sales. Now let me ask you a question, Matt. If somebody offered you 30 times your annual salary, your total what you made last year in the last 12 months, to buy your job from you, would you take it? Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah, like tomorrow. Like, can we? (laughs) Yeah. See, no, the the average, long-term average for the stock market is two times sales, not 30. Right. That makes sense? So this stock is overvalued by a lot. Right. Okay. It's a great company. But it's a, uh, you know, people are paying prices for it. That stock shouldn't sell for that much right now. Uh, it should be substantially lower than that. But everybody gets excited. Their, their revenue growth, by the way, was 60% year over year. That's why everybody's also excited about it. And it's actually ahead of itself. Now, these are my opinions. You are entitled to your own opinion. But I would not, if, if somebody were to offer me, 30 times my gross revenue for my company, I'm telling you, the, the, the next thing you'd hear from me would be my obituary because I would quit and I would run away. <laughs> right. <laughs> I would be, no, I'm kidding. Actually, I'm not kidding about the, the taking the money. 30 times my yeah. uh, company's, my total, not the profit, their total sales, their total revenue. So it's a, uh, yeah, that's one of those things. It, it happens from time to time. A company will come up, and uh, and as I mentioned, uh, this uh, has been picked, pointed out by the guy that runs the uh, Lookout for the Bull website every day, and rightly so. If you purchased it the first time it came up on the list, you'd have a nice profit. You'd have gotten stopped out about a month and a half ago, and then it turned right. around. It went to a new high, which is very frustrating for people. Uh, and then if you bought it that time, you would have gotten stopped out in a matter of days, which then you would feel yeah. better about it. <laughs> You're like, woo. But the, uh, yeah, it's, it's overpriced. It's a great company. And the stuff that they're doing is cutting edge. They're growing very quickly. The price is ahead of itself. So, well, and that's where, I mean, I dumped it, you know, for a little bit of a gain in one account and a, a little bit of a loss in another. So I'm not, Good you know, deal. it was picked up in the seventies, low eighties. So I'm like, okay. And I was watching the options contract that, you know, 115. And of course it shot up past there. And, you know, and of course, if we, like you said, if we all had a crystal ball, yes. but I, I, I dumped it with the mindset of I'm going to keep it an eye on it and kind of keep watching it again. And, um, yeah, you might, you might, you might want to look out for that. Look, look at the look out for the bull. Cause we narrow the, the list down. It, it's only 10 bucks a month. Um, in, uh, right now I've been losing money on oh, okay. it ever since I started it. <laughs> yeah. Like the cost of putting it up there is more expensive than, uh, than anything we're making. It. At this rate, we're not going to be profitable for another five years. <laughs> but the, uh, uh, anyway. It's only 10 bucks and we explain exactly how we're doing it and how these stocks come up on these lists. And, uh, Mike publishes that list every day. It's, it's pretty cool. It's fun. And you did it exactly the right way. I mean, if you, if you go and read the training on there that's free, uh, you're doing, you're doing 95% of what we taught. 
uh, the uh, that other five percent is probably going to help you quite a bit. In fact, yeah. you would you wouldn't have to subscribe to it. We teach you exactly what to do, uh, and you can find other screeners out there if you wanted to set it up yourself. But uh, you know, at ten bucks, I and think it's, it's on their website. Pretty, yeah, that's that. Look out for the bull. That, that's a different website. Okay. Yeah, but um, but, but I'm impressed. Yeah, and though. I know we run out. No, no I've, yeah, I mean, I've, I've been investing for about 23, 24 oh, years. Nice. And, um, but the, the other thing, too, and, you know, and again, I always have a little portion of my account and a little bit speculative and yep. hedging. And, but it, um, so gold and silver in the form of an ETF. And I've, I've owned physical mm-hmm. silver and physical gold over the years for different reasons. And I have, and I've traded like the SLV and, you know, and I've, I'm looking at, you know, and again, and I know that there's different factors and why they both go up and down. They don't go lockstep, but, you know, with everything going on with China and going into the election, you know, a portion of it looking at either SLV or, or GLD. Mm-hmm. And what's your opinion is on that? Um, those are those are really tough. There's not a lot to look at on like uh, fundamentals. You know, right. And you had the, the, those are incredibly difficult. So yeah. I, I tend to avoid anything that I don't have a pretty significant edge in. Um, if I can't get a good edge in it, then I'm not, uh, I'm not going to follow. Now I have a client who follows gold, like, you know, yes. So I'm asking him what to do <laughs> because right. I don't follow it. I don't have time to do that with everything else that I'm doing. And it is yeah. hard, and I understand that he's gonna, you know, he's gonna be wrong a lot because everybody is. Um, when you are, when there's a speculative nature, the the speculators make money by minimizing their losses, and occasionally you get a big right. winner. You know, that's basically how yeah. it works. So, and you've been doing this long enough to know that I can tell by the tone of your voice. The uh, that's that's pretty cool. So yeah, if we can, yeah, uh, I, I have a love hate relationship with gold and silver, and I remember <laughs> Warren Buffett basically saying, you know, like it's a, a lump of nothing that doesn't pay dividends, doesn't pay interest, and it's like, right. like I said, I love it and I hate it at the same time. Yeah. So, um, but uh, well, thank you, Bill, and you have a great weekend, and, and God bless. Sir. Oh, thank you. You too. All right, Bye-bye. take care. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oh, nice call, nice guy. So yeah, I barely talked about. So this uh, whole nationwide thing, I've been getting a lot of calls, and, and rightly so. Uh, you look at the distribution rates that it's paying, it'd be really hard to match that uh, with stock investments that are you know 100% actually. It'd be hard to match it as a guarantee, but what you're doing is you're converting an asset into an income stream. That's what you're doing. And to abandon that, strategy you can actually get back out of it if you want to it just wouldn't make sense uh in most cases because it it the manage the penalties that you would pay for abandoning that so you're not going to hear that from a lot of the guys that talk about this stuff um but i gotta tell you because uh, i just can't have that on my conscience i'm sorry but the uh you get into it you're looking at it if, if you're looking at it for the right reasons this is going to provide a certain amount of income for this portion of my portfolio, which I would normally be reserving for something that's more conservative. And the conservative investments today are paying so little that this makes a lot of sense to take a look at. So, again, if you hear something here you want to talk more about, feel free to go to my website, call into the station. You know, I know you can't call from your car most of the time, and please don't try to call me while you're driving. <laughs> but you can go to my website, bullingtoncapital.com. It's a, 
it's a good viable option for where we are today. You know, where we are today is that interest rates are low. And as our Fed president said, for the foreseeable future, you're going to stay low. And there's no telling how long that that's going to be. Uh, I'm looking at, I think, minimally the next five, probably the next 10 years. That's that's how long the interest rate. And, and there's nothing saying that they couldn't go lower than this. I mean, some countries, their central banks are charging people to keep their money safe for them. They're not even paying them any interest. It's actually going in at a cost. So we're not there yet. I doubt that we, I, I don't think it's probable that we're headed that way. And I think given today the current options, the current options that these make a lot of sense, though they're not for everybody. So, and that's one of the reasons that having an advisor today is probably more important than it's ever been. It was easy 20 years ago. You could take uh, some halfway decent mutual funds some halfway decent bond funds and you were good. Those days are over. <laughs> it's a, uh, it's getting more complicated because the, actually the whole world's a little more complicated than it was then. And, uh, you can thank the internet for that. <laughs> It has really sped up a lot of progress in a lot of different areas and a lot of things. It's just made incredibly complicated and not impossible. It's just complicated. And I think you really need to know what are you up against? And to that poor CPA who uh, got upset that I was talking about, you need a million dollars to create $50,000 in income. Well, that's aggressive by the way. And, And I reached out and apologized. I said, yeah, I'm sorry. The numbers are actually higher now. You actually need more than a million dollars to generate $50,000 if you're going to do it uh, without taking an enormous amount of risk. Notice I didn't say not take any risk. You still have to take risk for that. And that is the sad part because everybody's seen those ads or those long-term returns on the funds of 9, 10, 11, 12%, depending on the time period that you're looking at, and they're using that to go forward. I don't think that is likely to happen. I think that the returns are going to be better in stocks than they are in bonds, but that's not a high hurdle when bonds are setting at one to one and a half percent. No, that's, you know, that, that's where we are today. And you have to deal with where we're at today. Uh, if you want to maximize, you know, the benefits that you're going to receive at some point in time, whether that's right now or in the future. And, uh, you know, an awful lot of people, Put 100% of their money in stock. You know, I if you're in your 60s and you're doing that, I hope you are a multimillionaire. You're going to need to be to survive the next big downturn without, you know, spending too much of your money. Anyway, I hear the music. That means the, uh, the show is definitely over. Feel free to give me a call. Reach out. Have a good weekend, everybody. Good luck and good investing. You just caught another edition of the Bullington Capital Report, broadcasting every Saturday at 11 a.m. on AM 1420, The Answer. If you have a question and you'd like to speak to Bill personally, you can call him at 330-664-0700. That's 330-664-0700. Or online at BullingtonCapital.com. That's BullingtonCapital.com. The preceding program has been paid for by Bullington Capital Management, LLC.